Chapter Two of the Abominations of Modern Society. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christopher Smith. The Abominations of Modern Society by Thomas DeWitt Talmage. Winter Nights the inhabitants of one of the old cities were told that they would have to fly for their lives such flight would be painful even in the flush of springtime but superlatively aggravating if in cold weather and therefore they were told to pray that their flight be not in the winter there is something in the winter season that not only tests our physical endurance but especially in the city tries our moral character it is the winter months that ruin morally and for ever many of our young men we sit in the house on a winter's night and hear the storm raging on the outside and imagine the helpless crafts driven on the coast but if our ears were only good enough we could on any winter night hear the crash of a hundred moral shipwrecks many who came last september to town by the first of march will have been blasted it only takes one winter to ruin a young man when the long winter evenings have come many of our young men will improve them in forming a more intimate acquaintance with books contracting higher social friendships and strengthening and ennobling their characters but not so with all i will show you before i get through that at this season of the year temptations are especially rampant and my counsel is look out how you spend your winter nights i remark first that there is no season of the year in which vicious allurements are so active in warm weather places of dissipation win their tamest triumphs people do not feel like going in the hot nights of summer among the blazing gaslights or breathing the fetid air of assemblages the receipts of the grog shops in a december night are three times what they are in any night in july or august i doubt not there are larger audiences in the casinos in winter than in the summer weather iniquity plies a more profitable trade december january and february are harvest months for the devil the playbills of the low entertainments then are more charming the acting is more exquisite the enthusiasm of the spectators more bewitching many a young man who makes out to keep right the rest of the year capsizes now when he came to town in the autumn his eye was bright his cheek rosy his step elastic but before spring as you pass him you will say to your friend what is the matter with that young man the fact is that one winter of dissipation has done the work of ruin this is the season for parties and if they are of the right kind our social nature is improved and our spirits cheered up but many of them are not of the right kind and our young people night after night are kept in the whirl of unhealthy excitement until their strength fails and their spirits are broken down and their taste for ordinary life corrupted and by the time the spring weather comes they are in the doctor's hands or sleeping in the cemetery the certificate of their death is made out and the physician out of regard for the family calls the disease by some latin name when the truth is that they died of too many parties away with these wine-drinking convivialities how dare you the father of a household trifle with the appetites of our young people 
perhaps out of regard for the minister or some other weak temperance man you have the decanter in a side-room where after refreshments only a select few are invited and you come back with a glare in your eye and a stench in your breath that shows that you have been out serving the devil someone asks for what purpose are these people gone into that side-room oh replies one who has just come out smacking his lips they have gone in to see the white dog the excuse which christian men often give for this is that it is necessary after such late eating by some sort of stimulant to help digestion my plain opinion is that if a man have no more control over his appetite than to stuff himself until his digestive organs refuse to do their office he ought not to call himself a man but rather to class himself among the beasts that perish i take the words of the lord almighty and cry woe to him that putteth the bottle to his neighbour's lips young man take it as the counsel of a friend when i bid you to be cautious where you spend your winter evenings thank god that you have lived to see the glad winter days in which your childhood was made cheerful by the faces of fathers and mothers brothers and sisters some of whom alas will never again wish you a happy new year or a merry christmas let no one tempt you out of your sobriety i have seen respectable young men of the best families drunk on new year's day the excuse they gave for the inebriation was that the ladies insisted on their taking it there have been instances where the delicate hand of woman hath kindled a young man's taste for strong drink who after many years when the attractions of that holiday scene were all forgotten crouched in her rags and her desolation and her woe under the uplifted hand of the drunken monster who on that christmas morning so long ago took the glass from her hand and so the woman stands on the abutment of the bridge on the moonlit night wondering if down under the water there is not some quiet place for a broken heart she takes one wild leap and all is over ah mingle not with the harmless beverage of your festive scene this poison of adders mix not with the white sugar of the cup the snow of this awful leprosy mar not the clatter of cutlery at the holiday feast with the clank of a madman's chain stop and look into the window of that pawnbroker's shop elegant furs elegant watches elegant scarfs elegant flutes people stand with a pleased look gazing at these things but i look in with a shudder as though i had seen into a window of hell whose elegant watch was that it was a drunkard's watch whose furs they belonged to a drunkard's wife whose flute whose shoes whose scarf they belonged to a drunkard's child if i could i would take the three brazen balls hanging at the doorway and clang them together until they told the awful knell of the drunkard's soul the pawnbroker's shop is only one eddy of the great stream of municipal drunkenness stand back young man take not the first step in the path that leads there let not the flame of strong drink ever scorch your tongue you may tamper with these things and escape but your influence will be wrong can you not make a sacrifice for the good of others when the good ship london went down the captain was told there was a way of escape in one of the lifeboats he said no i will go down with the rest of the passengers all the world acknowledged that heroism 
can you not deny yourself the insignificant indulgences for the good of others be not allured by the fact that you drink only the moderate beverages you take only ale and a man has to drink a large amount of it to become intoxicated yes but there is not in all the city to-day an inebriate that did not begin with ale triple x what does that mark mean triple x on the beer barrel triple x on the brewer's dray triple x on the door of the gin shop triple x on the side of the bottle not being able to find any one who could tell me what this mark means i have had to guess that the whole thing was an allegory x x x that is thirty heartbreaks thirty agonies thirty desolated homes thirty chances for a drunkard's grave thirty ways to perdition triple x if i were going to write a story the first chapter would be triple x the last a pawnbroker's shop be watchful at this season all the allurements to dissipation will be especially busy let not your flight to hell be in the winter i also remark that the winter evenings through their very length allow great swing for indulgences few young men would have the taste to go to their room at seven o'clock and sit until eleven reading motley's dutch republic or john foster's essays the young men who have been confined to the store all day want fresh air and sightseeing and they must go somewhere the most of them have of a winter's evening three or four hours of leisure after the evening repast the young man puts on his coat and goes out come in here cries one form of allurement come in here cries another go says satan you ought to see for yourself why don't you go says a comrade it is a shame for a young man to be as green as you are by this time you ought to have seen everything especially is temptation strong in times such as this when business is dull i have noticed that men spend more money when they have little to spend the tremendous question to be settled by our great populace day by day is how to get a livelihood many of our young men just starting for themselves are very much discouraged they had hoped before this to have set up a household of their own but their gains have been slow and their discouragements many the young man can hardly take care of himself how can he take care of another and to the curse of modern society before a young man is able to set up a home of his own he is expected to have enough to support in idleness somebody else when god intended that they should begin together and jointly earn a livelihood so many of our young men are utterly discouraged and utterly unfit to resist temptation the time the pirate bears down upon the ship is when its sails are down and it is making no headway people wish they had more time to think the trouble is now that people have too much time to think give to many of our commercial men the four hours of these winter nights with nothing to divert them and before spring they will have lodgings in an insane asylum i remark further that the winter is especially trying to the moral character of our young men because some of their homes in winter are especially unattractive in summer they can sit on the steps or have a bouquet in the vase on the mantel and the evenings are so short that soon after gaslight they feel like retiring parents do not take enough pains to make these long winter nights attractive it is strange that old people know so little about young people 
one would think that they had never been young themselves but had been born with their spectacles on it is dolorous for young people to spend the three or four hours of a winter's evening with parents who sit talking over their own ailments and misfortunes and the nothingness of this world how dare you talk such blasphemy god was busy six days in making the world and has allowed it to hang six thousand years on his holy heart and that world hath fed you and clothed you and shone on you for fifty years and yet you talk about the nothingness of this world do you expect the young people in your family to sit a whole evening and hear you groan about this magnificent star-lighted sun-warmed shower-baptized flower-strewn angel-watched god-inhabited planet from such homes young men make a wild plunge into dissipation many of you have the means why do you not buy them a violin or a picture or have your daughter cultured in music until she can help to make home attractive there are ten thousand ways of lighting up the domestic circle it requires no large income no big house no rich wardrobe no chaste silver no gorgeous upholstery but a parental heart awake to its duty have a doleful home and your children will not stay in it though you block up the door with bibles and tie fast to them a million heidelberg catechisms i said to a man this is a beautiful tree in front of your house he answered with a whine yes but it will fade i said to him you have a beautiful garden he replied yes but it will perish i found out afterward that his son was a vagabond and i was not surprised at it you cannot groan men into decency but you can groan them out pray that your flight be not in the winter devote these december january and february evenings to high pursuits innocent amusements intelligent socialities and christian attainments do not waste this winter we shall soon have seen the last snow-shower and have passed up into the companionship of him whose raiment is exceeding white as snow as no fuller on earth can whiten it to the right-hearted the winter nights of the earth will soon end in the june morning of heaven the river of god from under the throne never freezes over the foliage of life's fair tree is never frost-bitten the festivals and hilarities and family gatherings of christmas times on earth will give way to the larger reunions and the brighter lights and the gladder scenes and the sweeter garlands and the richer feastings of the great holiday of heaven End of chapter two